ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome back to Successfully Unsigned. I am one of your hosts, D Shack. Howdy, G. DJ Overheat. We are in Studio South. Patty's Palace. Patty's Palace. Patty's Palace. One of y'all <laughs> came up with that, didn't you? Huh? One of y'all came up with that, didn't you? I have no I idea. Know. I'm sure it was. It sounds like I a deal. Know. Yeah. <laughs> it does. But, um, it kind of does. I don't remember. We said we want to do like MTV crib style tours of our studios. Oh, and yeah. uh, by we, I mean I suggested it so that I could show off all my stuff. What yeah. do y'all think of that? Do y'all want to see more of Patty's Palace? Yes. The answer is always yes. Let the people speak. I mean, they just, they're getting a small segment of this room. On yes. the other side, there is a whole lot more going on. Yeah, there's some creepy stuff up there. Yeah. Our, like the floating baby head? Yeah. I walked in and saw Annabelle and I was like, I don't know if we should Wait. do the podcast in here. I'm a little scared now. <laughs> Where's Annabelle? She's over here. Wait, where'd she go? Where? <laughs> Yo. Dude, she was. Yo. You, no, you did that on purpose. Yo, where, where is she? <laughs> I swear she was right there. You know, I don't have an Annabelle. <laughs> You're lying. I don't lie. You literally, <laughs> there was one, st- it was right there. Where is Annabelle? I'm not crazy. Oh, I knew it. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> you tried to make me feel crazy. <laughs> and she's in a body bag or How whatever. How big this- is it? Oh my God. No. Annabelle. No. Oh my no. gosh. No. Yeah. No, let's, sir. no. How do you sleep at night? You have a skeleton at your kitchen table. Bonnie B. Bones. Bonnie B. Um, Bones. You've got Annabelle just chilling in here playing with, you know. So here's the thing. Paramore. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoyed. I realized when you walked in, I was like, oh, I forgot to take her up, like away so that it would be more of a surprise. Uh-huh. Um, but I was like, maybe he didn't notice. And then you just mentioned, it. I was like, great. Are you kidding? That's the first thing I know. So <laughs> I was like, it's this all these is like, for like, uh, you know, stuffed animals and stuff. And then all of a sudden it's Annabelle and oh. you're like, Dale, she's almost as tall as <coughs> shut up. Almost. <laughs> Actually, you're almost. As What's in her eye? Is it some dude stretching? What is that? Oh no. That's like, she's demonic. Um, okay. So you don't say first off, this is Annabelle. Is this your show and you Oh, yes, this is oh, my this show is? and yell. Oh, um, I, oh no. <laughs> Give her a little kiss. Um, she's wearing a high school musical vintage jacket <laughs> that I got in an antique store. And then we're all going to kill together. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> and you know what? High school musical will be relevant for later in the show. Um, and then she has a Chuck E. Cheese purse. Chuck E. Cheese purse. Yes. I mean, you know, that actually kind of does make sense for Annabelle. I don't know why. Mm. Have you ever seen Annabelle? I think so. They're they're good movies, it's part honestly. Of the Conjuring universe. Okay, right? so, yeah. yes. And honestly, out of the like Conjuring universe, they're probably my favorite. Are they? Yes. Interesting. Um, so fun story about Annabelle here. Um, my sweet little girl. She <laughs> I'm not sure she's so sweet. So what happened was there's this local toy store shout out to replay toys in Murfreesboro and they were having a raffle and it was for this Annabelle doll. This thing cost $500, Jeez. $500, oh my gosh. which I'm gonna be honest with you, not worth it. Like the quality of it, not worth it. But, um, she didn't hear that. She's going to possess me later. If I say that, 
Mm. Uh, <laughs> but you already got so many demons in you for her to jump to say, in. Last too. episode, I think some of it came out, some of the possessions, some of the. So, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> you were just tired. You're fine. Oh, yeah, I was very tired. Um, I'm kind of tired today. Tired. So, uh, I was like, I happened, I was like, oh, I need to stop in though, because you had to go in the store to enter. And I just never did. And it was like months down the road, probably, well, probably like two months later. And I was like, oh, hey, they still have the contest going on because I just happened to stop in there. And I was like, hey, can I put in two tickets? Then a few weeks later, they announced the winner. And sure enough, I look at my ticket and I'm like, that's my ticket. I look at the ticket on the picture. I'm like, that's my ticket. And so I pick her up. She's in this big box. It was literally took up my entire back seat of my car. Can you um, imagine if you got pulled over with that in there? <laughs> I, I wish that. I had, honestly. <laughs> um, but Sir, she, step out of the car, please. She is beautiful. Great. Um, I love scaring my friends with her. Uh, shout out to our friend Jamie, who is terrified of dolls, hmm. literally terrified. And I'm so mad because I didn't get a video because I thought someone else was video videoing Joel and he wasn't. And she was coming out of the bathroom and I had her and I like, right as she opened the door, I had her like right in her face and she, li- she didn't even scream. She just went, huh, huh, uh, and yeah. she like hid behind the door. Like she was terrified. And then right. at one point. Like she kept looking. I, I have a good video of it. And then at one point, I did. Oh no! That oh, <laughs> and she freaked out. She's like, "I don't great. like that." But honestly, I was thinking about doing. It. By the way, Jamie's f- just turned fifteen, so she's pretty young. Um, also, I'm not hanging out with a random fifteen year old. Let that be known. She she's one of my friend's sisters, <laughs> and she is my friend. <laughs> People but, weren't wondering until now. Yeah, I I was like, I need to clarify that. Bro, the um, hole you digging is called your grave. Right. But yeah, so she was really freaked out by it. And I almost did it at her house and like hid it in her bedroom. But uh, I'm glad I didn't because she was genuinely terrified. Yeah. So here she is with her like full fit. Let me get the jacket off a little bit at least. Doing a fit check with So Annabelle. there's Annabelle. That's my show and yell. Mm. Um, we just kind of jumped right into it because yeah. someone had to ruin it. Hey, but, I would just... I just wanted to know it wasn't crazy, okay? That's all. Now that I know that it was real and it was over there, <laughs> I'm good. Because, no, I, I actually <laughs> stayed at a bed and breakfast in Birmingham. And it was, like, this really nice, like, I don't want to say mansion, but it was just, like, this really nice place. It, it looked like when you walked in, it looked, what is that? What is the church with the paintings on the roof? Oh, Sistine the Chapel. Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but a house. Ooh. And, mm-hmm. you know, they give you a code and, and like, we... You know, I got in super late, so I came in. It was around Christmas time. There were dolls like that all over the place, <laughs> no. including in my room. No, no, no. Yes. And I was like, this this is the creepiest thing I've ever been a part of. And so ever since then, I've been like, okay. That'd be the fastest <clears throat> checkout they'd ever had if I was right. there. Well, it was so funny because the next morning, like, obviously they hosted breakfast and everything and came mm-hmm. down. And I asked everyone at the table, I was like, so dolls, did you guys have any experiences last night with these dolls? Like making any creaking sounds or moving from different places? And one guy was like, yeah, actually one of the dolls in my room was on top of the dresser. When I woke up, it was on the floor. Like not even that it had fallen. It was like sitting up on the floor. The owner is definitely messing with y'all. Uh, probably. I don't know. It was like an 80 year old woman. I was like, oh, 
Anyways. My, my aunt used to have a bunch of dolls that were like in the bedroom, um, the, the guest bedroom there at the house. And I mean, if I went over there, that was where I'd stay. And I was like, eh, can we like move these? <laughs> what is the doll that's like has the red hair and the... Oh, you're talking about... Uh, oh, Raggedy Ann. Raggedy, Raggedy Ann. So yeah. Raggedy Ann is actually Annabelle. Yeah. Like, so... That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Um, they just made Annabelle look a little bit scarier than actual Raggedy Ann doll. Ooh, that one's But I remember so. when I first like heard about, um, oh, what are their names? Uh, the Warrens. And I like looked up a website and I looked up their website and it was this black screen and it had Annabelle at the top, not this Annabelle, but like the Raggedy Ann. And it like had this doll singing voice in the background. And I was probably like 12 scarred. I was so scared. You were scarred. I was scarred. He was so scarred. <laughs> scarred. I was scarred. It was uh, we're so... We're southern now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now I love Annabelle. Now I love creepy things, creepy dolls, whatever. Um, so... That's what you call a childhood trauma turned into uh, turned into an obsession. Yes. And I would just... I was so excited too because I feel like I never win those kinds of like contests or anything. Mm-hmm. And so when I found out I won, I was like... Yes, and they had me take a picture with it at the store, but then they never sent me the picture. So I was like, "What's wrong with y'all?" But oh, never mind. I love you, Replay Toys. Sorry. Well, I mean, if you want to cover back up, you're welcome to. Please. I mean, it is no staring at me, but it's fine. My sister used to have a whole collection of Raggedy Ann and Andy like stuff, like just different <laughs> random memorabilia. Like she turn that <laughs> thing away from me. <laughs> But if she had all kind of stuff. She had like some some blankets that had like like quilts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a bunch of the dolls. She had a bunch of my other mom had things. two giant ones. Raggedy Ann. She's making have them so bigger much. and bigger now. They're not even like dolls anymore. They're yeah. just mannequins, like in your home. It's actually Raggedy Ann and Andy. Right. So when I first got her, I was like, I I, I mean, I wasn't scared, but I was like, and eh, it's kind of weird to like have my have this door open so mm. i would like close the door and then i was like eh, i'm used to her so now yeah my door's open all the time and like just chill with possession in your house okay yeah. hey i mean what happens in third story apartments mm. don't reveal my location Not i'm my gonna baby. get doxxed <laughs> yeah all the fans come outside yes <laughs> okay Anyways, so well, y'all do your show and yell yeah mine was uh boring <laughs> That I don't think we oh, oh oh I forgot I forgot real quick in her purse she came with this miss me miss me no it says miss me miss me like a question um I did not well it, this just keeps getting creepier and so yep. Patty so, G's palace turned into like I don't know Patty G's prison prison <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyways um Dale. Cool. So my show and yell, I am actually uh, wearing it today. Dun, 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 Your black dun. shirt? Yes, my black shirt. <laughs> it is a very, it's very soft. It's really soft. Like nice, yeah. You should feel it. Nice yeah, it's very jazz, like appropriate. Yeah. I just saw my closet. I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm wearing today. Yay. And it's not wrinkled, which is pretty big <laughs> for you. Probably because it's been in my closet for like four months. Hey. Enough time for those wrinkles to slowly dissolve. Mm. But so tell us about your amulet. My uh, show and yell today is this beaded medallion, this beaded necklace that I have. Um, a friend of mine made this. Shout you didn't out yell to it. Shout out! <laughs> shout a little bit. I have neighbors, but shout a little bit. It's a beaded necklace, y'all! Y'all happy? Yes. 
Cool. So if you watched the first season, you actually probably saw me wearing this a lot. It's, it's one of my favorites that I have. Um, it's a handmade, uh, hand beaded, uh, medallion that a friend of mine made and gave to me uh, shout out to, to Brad BL Joe, Mr. Nikon camera guy, whatever, yeah. uh, cool guy down out, out there in Oklahoma, uh, great photographer, so go check out his stuff, but he also beads and he does a, does a lot of different bead work. And this is a piece that he made. Um, it has a, uh, emblem in the middle of it. That's a pair of stickball sticks, uh, for the sport that I play. And then the, uh, outside is all the, the, the hand beaded, um, beads on the back of some leather. I didn't and, know he made that. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know he beat it at all. You're yeah. a cool guy. I've never met you, but we follow <laughs> each other on Instagram. So he does a lot of beating. He does. Um, he does medallions like this. He oftentimes does the um, Choctaw, uh, the the princess crowns. He'll be, he beats a lot of those. Um, he does some re- like I said. He does some really great work. So if you're on Instagram and you like photography, you like uh, some native beating, go check out his his page there. Mm. BL Joe, um, just beat it. I think that's his current tag. Is it? <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll I'll link his I'll I'll link his uh, Instagram there if you want to check out his work. Nice, David. My turn. Okay, so mine is a little embarrassing, but <clears throat> every now and then I like to throw in a little embarrassing one, but just because to change it up, you know. So I played baseball for a number of years, um, and one year they decided. Instead of just taking pictures, they were going to make trading cards out of all of us. Oh, that's cute. And so (gasps) this is me. Can I have one? You can have one if you'd like. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's so cute. Take one. one. And so on the here, I'll. Yo, it's 85 pounds, man. Do you still weigh that? Probably. More like 285. (laughs) So, send, so send me a picture. Yeah. I love that. It has uh it has like my position and my number. This is my favorite year to play baseball, honestly. Um pitcher and third base. Yeah, dude. I this is the year I, I pitched like a shutout, like two games in a row, which is really cool. Um and so yeah, it has like all my stat this is basically an ID for me, because like my height, my <laughs> weight, like I'm right handed. I'm gonna use it as my ID. I mean like if I get pulled over, this will get you in any club. <laughs> Honestly, show this to the bouncer and you're in. Yeah, I like so, the I like the little hip pop that you do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They told me to do Got that. Got some sass. They told me, and then the glove on the shoulder yeah. that I could not. You're literally like they. That's what they told me to do. <laughs> they were like, put the glove on your shoulder and put the bat around your other shoulder. I'm like, also, huh? Cardinals? Yeah. Isn't that like a real team? Yeah. So our when I was growing up, the the ballpark that I played at, every team was like a real. Oh, that's so cute. we would we would play like the Marlins and we'd play you know Blue Jays, nice. all that, which was cool. And that's how I became like a Cardinals fan. Like, yeah, really playing for huh. the Cardinals. And you know, so, yeah, it was it was really fun. But I just thought this was cool to share. And it, I guess it has my wins and losses on here. Wait, blonde hair. Yeah, I was like super blonde. Really? Back mm. then, like super light blonde. I mean, this picture is so pixelated, but it doesn't even look like you. No, it's it's it looks like some distant reality that I wasn't a part of. But Secretly, it's not him. Because I used to be like super into sports. Like I was mm. playing football, I was playing baseball, I was playing basketball, and then I picked up a guitar, and then it was over. Like, it's like <laughs> pretty much. Sorry, Dad. You know um, where this is going? 
No, please don't associate me You're with cursed the now. <laughs> You're genuinely cursed. Can you not? Can be, is, this, <laughs> is, is, is that like voodoo dolls when you know you put a little personal item on the voodoo It's like a, it's like a tarot doll? card now, or a tar- a tar- what, do you, what do you call tarot it? Tarot card. Tarot yeah. card? Eh, wow. Oh, my goodness. But anyways, yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. I didn't even yell it, but, you know, I want to yell when I see it. So, You know, one thing that, like, I love about baseball is minor league teams. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like... I love minor league teams though because of the awesome, weird, quirky, random names that some of them have, like the Monterey Biscuits. That's just awesome. I really mm-hmm. want to say Monterey Cheddar Biscuits, and I don't know why. Um, no, or like playing. the Flying Squirrels. There's like a banana one that's popular. On okay, TikTok. so that they're not actually a minor league team though. They're like they're kind of like uh, the. Uh, the Globetrotters. Okay, I know of the Globetrotters. The Harlem. Okay, so they're, 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 a, they're a group that does tricks and comedy. They're a comedy act that uses the sport as yeah. their means of delivery. Sure. So they do weird, wacky, random tricks. Um, the Savannah Bananas is who you're talking about. Um, okay. And they're, so they're based out of Savannah, and they they do tour. In fact, I think they're coming to Nashville before long, and I'd really love to go see that show. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, they're they're a comedy trick kind of thing. Oh. So it's not actually part of the league. Oh, the Globetrotters, okay. however, did start as part of the league, and they started doing their own thing, and then the league hated them and kicked them out and said, "You're your own thing now." But now they make bank going. Well, they did for a while. Made bank going around, you know, just doing cool performances. Hmm. Um, but no, like I love minor, like legit minor league team names. And one of my goals in life is to have a hat collection with the weirdest of the minor league teams that I can find. That's cool. Like, that's I want really just cool. all the hats of the weird ones. Mm. I feel like that's a collection that I would want, yeah. so I really love that. Right. It, it just seems, like that's a collection you might already have, and you're just not saying it. I, w- I wish. If I don't, <laughs> don't open that closet, it has so much junk in it. But um, Other cursed dolls? Yeah. No, I don't think so. The fact that you had to um, think about that is yeah. concerning. <laughs> Well, y'all haven't even seen my clowns over there. Well, you see the one little clown down there? My sister literally got that off of a, like those free pages from Facebook. <laughs> you talking about that cursed. little purple one? Yeah. Oh my Shrek. Isn't the f- no, wait. In front of Shrek. The little oh, bitty one? Oh, that one's creepy. No, it's pretty tall. Yeah, it has a hat on. Oh, no, the little the little pink one is that's uh, that, Lime Jr. That's that from Pokemon. Uh, uh, wait. Mime Jr. And then do you see in front of Shrek... The little pointy yellow hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I do see that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was thinking of, isn't that the little one that sings? The little purple one with the, like, the shirt with the, it looks like a green and pink shirt. Uh, the one that I hate. Yes. You, those aren't clowns, though. It looks like one. Um. Also, this is not probably shown yell, but this, I just grabbed him because I just like to hold something. Um, He's long. But this is my vampire stuffy for Halloween, and his name is Edward. Mm. That's just a fun fact. Edward, uh, no Edward, like Twilight. Oh, mm. I was unequivoc- unequivocally and irrevo- irrevocably in go, love buddy. with him. I don't know the words. Oh, what? I don't know how to pronounce them. Mm. It's from Twilight. Why, Edward, idiot? Because he's a vampire. Duh. Yeah. Okay. Well, we uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's our show and yell. Uh, we are gonna actually. <laughs> take a quick break uh when we come back we're gonna get into our topic today which is finding your sound so stay tuned we'll be right back 
Guys, we are back, and the topic today is finding your sound. <laughs> okay, why'd you copy me? That's not the sound. Um, <laughs> we'll auto-tune We're going to do a barbershop Wait. trio. We should. Yeah, find we your should sound. Find your sound. Find your sound. Oh. Uh-uh. I didn't know what key y'all were in. It was in I the key even... of Z. I don't know what. Yes. But anyways, I don't know what I was trying key to say. Key of there. F flat. Yeah, flat. Okay, what? <laughs> Sorry, we are talking about <laughs> finding your sound tonight, which sounds on its on the surface very simple, and it's like, well, I sh- I should know my sound as an artist, but sometimes it's 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 a little bit more nuanced than you think. Um, I kind of just want to start with my experience um, with that. Like, I started out as sort of a commercial like pop. Um, artist and I had influences uh, like obviously again sorry Taylor fans uh, I like John Mayer and I listen we'll bleep that out we'll bleep it out (laughs) right Um, that curse word I know sorry Annabelle Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so I that was kind of my influences but my songs are like based on a lot of his earlier stuff his singer songwriter stuff and as I kind of evolved my sound it became a little bit more um, jazz and blues influenced uh, and like bossa sometimes in some of the songs. Um, And then it got to the point where I was making like tracks and I wanted them to get, you know, released and mixed and mastered and stuff. And um, the guy that does my mixing and engineering and stuff, he he contacted me. He was like, okay, give me some of your influences and some of your um, artists that you kind of want your song to sound like. And of course, you know, I didn't really have a straight answer for him. Like I had to, he was like, send me some songs of like samples that you want your music to sound like. And I had to really stop and think about, okay, what is my sound? Um, And, you know, after a couple days, I had come up with some influences and like given him some songs that kind of reflected what I want my music to kind of sound like going forward, because that is an important element of it. Um, especially if you want to incorporate a band at some point, if you're a singer songwriter, even um, like the timbre of your voice, that's important because like finding artists that have that same, not the same timbre, but like uh, a similar tone you want to go for letting your mix engineer know that is an important, you can attest to that. Like it's mm-hmm. important to know that um, to kind of dial in the sound that you want. So um, I would say that's, that's like a, one thing I had to learn like later on, um, because again, you think you sort of know, Oh, I know my sound, but it's, you, you sort of don't, you, you, you definitely need to put a lot of thought into like what your influences are, what you're pulling from and kind of what you hope to, to achieve with your sound. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right on that in finding your sound, uh, well, if, you, if you're an artist and you're going into a studio, the first thing that anyone is going to ask you is the same thing that you were asked, David. What are you, What is your goal? What are you trying to sound like? You can't just say, oh, I'm my own thing, because ultimately every artist is a little different, and that's fine. But you still are in this realm of something called music, and all music is going to share certain facets. It's going to share sounds. It's going to share similarities. Again, music is the universal language. Why? Because everyone can understand it to some point. And it's going to sound like something else to a degree. And that is fine. 
there is nothing wrong with your music sharing similarities with other people. And you need to find what similarities you have for multiple different reasons. One, so whoever is working with you, a producer or engineer, can understand what direction you're wanting to go and help you get there. And two, so you can market yourself and see your audience knows what to expect when you get in there. Right. So like there was this one band that I was listening to, um, just as an example, I heard a couple acoustic versions of songs that they had. That was my first touch and introduction into that band. Mm -hmm. And I loved what they had. I was like, man, this is some really good music. So I went to their page and I started listening to everything else. And I came to find out that them as a band is completely different than those select two or three songs that I heard. That was a shock to me. I wasn't expecting that. And I say this because that was kind of a branch out for them. That was something different for them. That wasn't their sound. Their sound was this other thing. And honestly, I didn't like the other thing that much. That wasn't what I was there for. I was hoping for more of this side thing. But in either regard, what they took to both directions, they did really well for what it was. I just, like I said, what the other thing wasn't my, wasn't my personal preference, but you could tell that when you, that when they went into studio and whoever they worked with understood what they were trying to reach because you have to understand what you're trying to reach. And if you cannot quantify that in words and in descriptions, then whoever it is that's trying to help you engineer or produce can't help you get there either. They can mix stuff all day long. They can produce stuff and throw ideas out there all day long. But if they don't know where you're trying to go, they can't help you get there. Right. And albums also, if you're you're trying to release an album, need to have a theme. Hmm. And so like from one song to the next, you can have a little bit of nuance, but for the most part, it needs to have a consistent theme and like sound. You have to have a feel. You have to have a sound. Yeah. Yeah. You can have some, you can have, you can mix it up between your upbeat, happy, fast beat songs and then your ballads. You can mix that up, but there's mm-hmm. still going to be a kernel of the similarity that is you or should be in there. You know, otherwise what do you have? You have compilation albums, best of the eighties, right? Yeah. But even then they have some similarities probably because they mm-hmm. were chosen for that album. Yeah. If you're going and cutting out, okay, what songs am I going to do for this or where am I going to go? Find those things that are common and, and, and run with that. That's going to help you as an artist so, so much. Yeah. Let me go ahead. You're, you're, you're not that special to have your own set. <laughs> Basically in the sense, like what you were saying, if you go in, you're like, oh no, I'm, I'm like doing my own thing. I feel like people who are in any sort of creative space period, like I'm in design, um, music, like art, anything. Oh, well, I'm doing something different. Like I want to do something that no one's ever done before. That that it's not possible. Yeah. Like yes, you can do something that's really unique, but still in a way like someone else has done it. Yeah. Like been there, done that. So it's it's okay to be like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I'm influenced by this person. It doesn't mean you're going to sound exactly like them. And yes, there is going to be something that's unique about you that sets you apart. But you still do have the influence, whether you like it or not. Go ahead. Sorry. Because everything influences us. Absolutely. You're going to be influenced by other things. And yeah, you might have some uniqueness about you. And and, I, and we hope that you do, because that's what makes you different than someone else. You are going to have some things that are different. But ultimately, you're still going to be building off the same blocks that everyone else has to a point. And you're going to be pulling in influences. Maybe you pull in some abstract influence that 
is weird for this genre. Yeah. You know, maybe you do that and that's what makes you different for the genre. That's what makes you sound different because you're mixing different things together, but you're still blending things. But I can, one thing I can say from, from a production or producer and engineering perspective is if you go into a studio and they ask you, Hey, what is your sound? What, who, who are your inspirations? Who can we listen to that you want to sound like in either a, B or C realm, whatever that is. Right. Um, and if you can't give them an answer, if you can't say, Hey, I want my music to sound like Bricks YZ by like Britney Spears. If you can't give them a name, that is a quick way to be turned right out the door. Yeah. Because they're not going to waste their time trying to discover for you who you want to be. Right. Right. You need to have your identity as an artist set. Yes. And that doesn't mean that it can't change and evolve because yes. that absolutely happens. Yes. You can change and evolve album to album. You can change and evolve over time. That's fine. But you have to, for each project that you're going up for, you have to know what you want it to sound like. Yeah. It may not sound like that at the end. That's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you might get, start collabing with other people, you know, like we talked about last episode and it'd be completely different by the end. But that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, because engineers especially, like you said, they're not going to sit there and like try and solve your identity crisis as an artist. Like you... They're there to do a job. You need to walk in there with confidence and say, these are my influences. This is what I want to sound like. This is what I've pulled from. Have some example songs ready to go. Yes. Maybe make a trading card of your of your own identity but on, with your influences but That's you're not, not going wrong. away in, in, in all honesty that that is a trick that some producers will use yeah. is like hey if you know maybe maybe the artist as an artist knows kind of their identity but they have a song that they're like man i really don't know what direction to take this song mm-hmm. do we take it this way do we take it this rock kind of thing do we take it this more this pop thing do we take it more jazzy right and one of the things that some producers will do will take out will take out paper and pen and just say hey list out different things. Tell me, mm-hmm. give me ideas. Just start writing things down. And before you know it, you'll have like, Ooh, what if we mix this and this and this and this, all of these things together. And you have like this cool concept at the end yeah. that you can actually tangibly work with. Of course. Um, so I kind of want to do a little experiment with you two real quick. And Dale, if you forgive me if this is like putting on the spot or whatever, but like, I know Dale also makes music again, check out his music. Dale Shackford just released Dale Shack. Dale Shack. <laughs> They'll shack. Um, burn your name. Listen to that one. Great song. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I want to ask Patrick first. What do you think Dale's sound is, and what do you think his influences are? <laughs> I don't like that. Um, <laughs> like when you uh, like, like subjectively listen. Then we'll ask Annabelle what she thinks. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not good with genres of music, but. Uh, it's not it's not folk but like the influence is definitely there mm-hmm. um i mean like you literally did a whole thesis on blues so i know that's a big influence for you mm-hmm. uh as far as like artists i I don't really know. You're so unique. You have your own son. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Shut up. But, <laughs> um, so we saw Amigo the Devil and mm. I said, oh, I like he's like an influence, especially for this one. He has a song called he has a song called. Talk about gravity. 
Oh, well, that that's the one that you said was an influence. But to me, your song, um, I can't think of it. Have to let go. Have to let go. To let reminds go. me so much of Amigo the Devil. Uh, it reminds me so much. And you said no that he wasn't really an influence for it. I think I wrote that one but, before I found um, it. Are you sure? I think so. I don't think so. Maybe they stole it from him. Mm-hmm. Um but no, because you you wrote it uh at least in like 2020, 2021. I know because it's yeah, that's right. based off that's of right. a specific instance. That's right. It was, it was 2020. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, but either way, that's like a specific artist that I know that mm. Dale likes. And I don't know. I can answer for you. <laughs> well, uh, other than John Merritt. <laughs> um, one time David performed This Love by Maroon 5. It had all the white boys jumping and it was the slow, right? It's harder to breathe, but yeah. No, it was like one of their, like, it was harder to breathe. Are you talking about the laundry room show? No, 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 no. Karaoke with London and Johnson. Oh, okay. I think you sang this love. Or I was thinking like actually performing. No, no, I don't, I don't pay attention to your actual performances. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, that's why I said I had all the white boys jumping. You got to weed some people out. Yeah. Yeah. Find your real fans. But I, when I saw that, I was in like, when I saw genuinely, when I saw you perform that and like the way that the audience, especially the men (laughs) like got, lit <laughs> it was so i was like oh my goodness that I, that was when i was like he is an artist he is an artist which i know is a, such a weird specific point and like you were just having fun with it but to me i'm like oh oh my goodness like i see you as like an adam levine well that's funny. not in personality wise because he doesn't cheat on his non-existent <laughs> wife but <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, actually, it's funny you say that. My last track that I released, Running It Back, was like I wanted the production for that track to be based off songs for Jane. Oh, okay. So that See. that it, like entire album is like one of my favorite albums. Um, and Maroon 5 is one of my like influences. Or their earlier stuff. Yes. More commercial yes. now. But, yes. Uh, like um, Hands All Over was like one of their albums too where... I wanted to pull some from that. So, yeah, that's... He got the moves like Jagger. Um, <laughs> that's on the trading card, too. <laughs> got the moves like Jagger. Mm. But also, like, you you have, like, a little, like... Which I guess Maroon 5 does, too. Or early Maroon 5 does. But, like, the little, like, Latin guitar, like, mm-hmm. going on. Uh, you Like, your Mona Lisa song, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you got that going on. And then, yeah, with Dale... Like, Dale... Dale's music... I don't typically li- like the music that he likes. I don't really care for as much. Like I, I can appreciate it and I do like it, but it's not something that I venture out and listen to on my own. Whereas like John Mayer and Bruin five, while I'm not like huge fans of them, like constantly listening to them, if their song like comes on the radio, like I'll know it and I'll enjoy it. Nostalgia. Uh, John Mayer. I actually do like all of John Mayer's music. Um, I just don't actively listen to him, but I think that's kind of where that's why I'm like, I can pinpoint your influences a little more. Whereas like your influences, I know like blues and some other things, but like, I don't listen to the stuff to really, Mm. to be able to pinpoint it. 
Okay. Which so is, what is what is your influences then? What yeah. are your influences? Well, right? first, I mean, it's also fair because David, a lot of your influences are a lot more of the commercial route. Sure. Uh, then you're basic. <laughs> but a lot of my influences are a lot more subcontext indie, it, yeah. or or less, you know, less radio ready kind of influences for the stuff that I write. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, people like you know artists like Amigo the Devil uh, are an influence on kind of the more folk. He's kind of a dark folk, dark Americana kind of vibe thing. It's, it's some really interesting music there. Um, but some of the other stuff, like early on, my, a lot of my earlier writing was heavily influenced by like John Denver. Ah, uh, a lot yeah. of the, a lot of the first songs that I wrote were yeah. directly like uh, I didn't. I mean, they weren't intentionally influenced that way, but that was who I knew, and that were a lot of the early songs that I learned to play mm-hmm. were his songs, and so a lot of it was directly from that. Yeah. Um, a little later, you know, some of like the more, um, some of the more country ish Eagles stuff. Okay. You know, it's still kind of folk rock, still kind of that South Cal rock. Yeah. Right. Um, some of their more quote unquote country mm-hmm. parts. Mm-hmm. There was some of the, some influence there. Um, I can tell you for songs like burn your name, the most recent, uh, release, um, that was a, that was heavily influenced by Manchester Orchestra. That was a band that I came across at that point in time. And their song, um, The Silence, was a, a huge in influence. But even more so than that, their song, uh, I Know How to Speak, was just just a huge influence on Burn Your Name. I loved loved that song. Great song. and um, Which is ironic like because Dale does not know how to speak. I, apparently not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean... The, the <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even intentional. But no, some bands, some bands like that, some some stuff like that. It's kind of the folk, some of the Delta Blues. Uh, I loved like Skip James's music. Um, he's an old Delta Blues artist from you know the 30s and 40s. I think he has some some really cool harmonic stuff that he does with his guitar playing and his voice that I loved and tried to incorporate a little bit of the concepts of what he does. I mean, obviously, I'm not sounding like him yeah by any means but i like what he was doing with his guitar and his voice at the same time and so for some of the stuff that i haven't released that's more of an influence uh definitely the delta blue stuff is definitely a lot more of an influence on the stuff that i haven't released than the stuff that i have yeah um but uh very americana based um and so it yeah it's, it's good to know kind of what you want going into any kind of yeah songwriting process whether you're mm-hmm. doing something on your own or whether you're going into a studio with other people. It's even more important when you're involving third parties. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or even just a second party other than yourself. Yeah. Especially, like, I guess the whole point of that exercise was, like, it's good to ask people. Yes. Like, what what do I sound like? Like, I asked after every show, I find somebody, and I'm like, what is what is, what is the sound you're getting from this? What is the vibe? And they'll they'll give me some things, and I'm like, oh, do I sound like this person? Mm-hmm. And then you sort of start to explore what elements of that that they mean. And of course, it's all subjective, right? Right. Um, but there's nine times out of ten, there is a theme. So I was just trying to see if you guys would match up on what you'd say. Yeah, and and, and one thing I would say is when you're when you're trying to find what you sound like, or you maybe you know what you sound like, and you're you're trying to provide some reference tracks, uh, which is what a lot of engineers will call it, reference tracks to someone else. Um, a reference track can, doesn't have to, like the entire song doesn't have to sound like what you want to sound like. You can pull specific things like, Hey, I really like 
how the drums sound in this song. Like this song is kind of the drum feel that I want, whether it's more sonically, you know, like I like the tone of it or whether it's the part you can pull the part like, Hey, I really like how the vocal is treated in this. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Like it's really dry in the, in the verses and then the chorus just, you know, mm-hmm. breaks out and goes wide and stuff like that. As you pull reference tracks, you can pull specific things like the entire rest of the song could be in a totally different genre, totally different singer. And you could say, I want, th- I like this element of this song and I want for this element of my song to be referenced, referenced to that. Yeah. You can do those things when it comes to finding reference songs for a production. But one, one question I would ask, especially like of you, David, is if you're out there and you don't know what you sound like and you're at that, you know, cause all of us at some point are, you know, whether you, whether you've written your first song or your 10th song at some point, all of us don't know what we sound like. We don't know our influences really. Yeah. You know, we don't know what we want to sound like. So how do you go about figuring that out? First thing you do is you open Spotify and you go to recently played. Mm. And then you go to your discover weekly and then you listen to that and you see what they suggest for you. My discover Ooh. weekly is trash by the way. It just Mine this week was kind of disappointing, but it's okay. I had some like lo-fi that I fell asleep to okay. and then it was like, Oh, you like lo-fi now. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> sure, but not 20 of the songs. You know what I mean? It thinks so, I only like seventies rock and yeah. I almost never listen to seventies rock. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say just anymore going back and yeah, I was, I was big on that too. My yeah. dad was big on 70s. It's great. It is great. I loved it. Um, but yeah, just going back, listening to, or looking at things that you've listened to in the past and you've pulled something from there. Mm-hmm. Like you may not know, it may just be one song that you randomly mm-hmm. heard. You pull mm-hmm. from that. So that's what I would say. What would you guys say my influences would be if I was a singer? Well, I am a singer. Melanie Martinez, but. for sure. Spice Girls. <laughs> Spice Girls. Um, Cheetah Girls. Young Anything Britney. with girls in the title. <laughs> uh, Miley. Miley. Okay, okay. First off. Hannah Montana. That's uh, better. Yeah, that's I wouldn't better say one. Miley. I would say Hannah that's Montana. Better, yeah. Transitions. Great. Um, uh, yes, Spice Girls. Basically, Bubblegum Pop. Like, if I made yes. music, yeah. I would love to just make the most fun stupid materialistic like album fruity. like what just is so crazy and wild what is that movie uh we've seen it a couple times um just friends with uh Ryan with Ryan Reynolds oh. and uh, oh, what is Anna her name Ferris. Anna Ferris yeah. Anna Ferris forgiveness her whole artist persona sorry is what this guy um, would be yes uh, I like that you said Melanie Martinez but I don't think that I would be that in tune with myself like sure. she's very like smart and like made a concept album yeah. I don't think I would do that I'd be like yeah I could see you making a concept I'd be like um the All girls who made uh U-G-L-Y you ain't got no alibi that's my inspiration mm. Like the, I was I'm glad you can spell. Dolls. Says you. <laughs> I just can't um, speak. So speaking of Hand Montana, we're going to take a quick break and be right back uh, talking about that same subject. Whoa, crazy. Ooh, well, sort of. Sort of. The other half of it. The other side. The other side. The other side of me. Dale, you have, you have something on your back. What? It didn't what work. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> on... 
I knew at least one of those made sounds. He has a horse on his back. Oh my god! That is my first build a bear. His name is Sharky, even though he's a turtle. And his little his little uh, shell is a backpack with a little zipper on it. It's so cute. Aww. He's got a stick horse, man. Yeah, I used to nays. love stick horses. I've had this since like 2004, and the nay still works. So, <laughs> shout out to build a bear. Oh, that's a that's a good. Can you put it back? Put things like were you raised in a barn? Yes. Okay. I was raised in Oklahoma. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we are trying to start some new segments, so we're not just talking y'all's ear off about a bunch of stuff that no one cares about. Uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. Says but the one non-music guy here. We do not support that joke on successfully unsigned. <laughs> hey, don't copy disclaimer. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the segments that we want to do is an artist segment. So one of us picks an artist, and then we just kind of go in depth about it uh, i guess we can kind of decide whether we want to do like an overall general view or focus on album focus on a song i guess we'll kind of decide as we go mm-hmm. today's artist which i did not pick by the way i would just like to clarify that david picked this artist we have miley cyrus so to give us a little um visual aids <laughs> to give us a little visual aid uh i have miley cyrus's miles to go her autobiography uh, probably with a ghostwriter. Oh, there's some fun pictures in here. I've actually never read this, but I love celebrity biographies. I love how you just um, have this book on standby. Well, I <laughs> use them like hidden in the clown, like stuffed animals. No, just pulled it out. I actually use, uh, so I use books for decor, but I use celebrity books for decor because I think they're funny. But let's read uh, a little passage real quick. Passage. Before we went on the Cheetah Girls tour, I literally just randomly picked this. My mom made one demand. <laughs> Usually when you're on tour for a concert, the whole crew stays on buses together. I was sharing a crew with the Cheetah Girls, so the total group was big. About 100 people divided among maybe four buses. The dancers, two boys, and two girls were all in their 20s. I was 13 years old. Mom said she didn't care if I didn't make a dime on tour. She just wanted to make things as normal as possible for me. So we paid for an extra bus for just me, Mom, Mammy, and Noah. Shout out to Noah Cyrus, who is probably doing Ponyo at this point. The rest of the kids stayed in school. Wow, that's cool, which that actually is going to come back around because we're going to talk about Miley going on tour. Anyway, this is fun. Maybe I'll read this. (laughs) And then we also, for a visual aid, (laughs) we have Miley Cyrus herself. (laughs) This was so perfect when you suggested this. I was like, wait, and we have Hannah Montana. She's supposed to sing, but doesn't have batteries. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Oh, that's scary. That sounded like Annabelle from here. It did. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, so never seen in the same room before. Crazy. We got Miley and Hannah. Yeah. Um, her outfit. They're honestly both their outfits are atrocious. These are from season one. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I'm sorry, just can we go back Copyright to your never claim. seen in like this is the first time these people have ever seen been seen in the same room at the same time. Yeah, like it's it, true. <laughs> What's funny about that? This video is gonna get a, a million views because of that. I know that's right? Okay, so I have three pages of <laughs> three pages of notes. So we're gonna go through Miley's overall career, and you guys just kind of like comment. I'll ask some questions. Sure. So first off, Miley was born Destiny Hope Cyrus, which I didn't know that. That's pretty cool, huh? So Destiny, first, Destiny. No wonder um, she changed her name. So first. We get Hannah Montana. This is in 2006. I remember the premiere of Hannah Montana. Yeah, me too. And being like, this is crazy. Dale didn't watch children's shows, so nope. don't ask him anything. Um, but first off, Hannah Montana is such a good show. And the music in it is so good. Genuinely so good. 
Um, I will say something about Disney Channel songs. Once you hit the bridge, yeah, the bridge is never good, but the yeah, rest never. of the song is always great. Yeah. Um, so great, in fact, sure. that Hannah Montana albums uh, had two number one and three top five soundtracks on the Billboard Top 200, and her hit song "He Could Be the One," great song, uh, uh, was in the top ten for the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, now, if you go back and watch Hannah Montana. Warning to all parents who want to show their like now kids in Montana, don't because she is such a brat. She is so selfish. I never realized it growing up. And I remember Jackson, her brother in the show, would always be like, Oh, it's all about Hannah. It's all about Hannah. He's and right. He was right. She literally was just like, Ugh, just do this for me. Yeah. You know, and she is such a brat. You know, I'd, I'd see clips of Hannah Montana when I'd go to, you know, like my cousin's house or something like that, or, you know, someone else's place. And that was one of the things, even at that age that I saw on her, that I was like, I hate this. Yeah. I was like, I do not want to watch the show. She is so annoying. Well, the rest of the cast made up for it. And honestly, I still liked her as a kid, so it's fine. Um, so then, you know, she's in the midst of Hannah. So then she kind of branches off and does her own solo career while she's still doing Hannah. Hannah w- had four seasons, which was like a big deal for Disney Channel because they usually only let you have three. But if you get four, that means your show is really good. That's Raven was the first to do it, I think. Mm, that's so um, Raven. Yeah. And so she has her own solo career. Definitely more like bubblegum pop. My kind of influences. So we have Party in the USA, mm. Seven Things, such a good song. See You Again. Mm. And then she releases The Climb for the Hannah Montana movie. I hated that song. <gasps> I could not stand that it's song. The climb. That's actually, that actually makes me upset that you say that. Because that's, still that's that genuinely song. such a good song. Like, that I feel like everyone, like, even my mom had that song downloaded. Uh, it reminded no. me in that song when she's like, when she holds the note, it's the climb that of that Tim McGraw song where he's like, live like you were dying. That's a good song though. I do like that and one. He like holds it. So maybe that was one of her influences. Okay. So Dale's kicked out of the podcast. <laughs> but um, For having good taste. Also, yeah. Hannah Montana movie. Can we just talk about how she literally rips off her wig in front of a whole bunch of people in Nashville, Tennessee, and then ask them to not tell anyone like in in the news or press and they just do it and she yeah. keeps her secret for a whole nother season until she finally releases herself to the world not i would tell it i would be telling everyone i don't care i'm sorry miley but i'm telling everyone that i just saw hannah montana take off her wig and she's not really hannah montana mm. Wait, okay what? so you know the premise of hannah montana right that she's living a double life. So she's a teenager, but she wants to keep her normal life. So she throws on a wig and pretends to be Hannah Montana. And no one knows that Miley Cyrus is Hannah Mon- or Miley Stewart is Hannah Montana. Right. Right. So in the Hannah Montana movie, she like, there's a whole bunch of build up to it, but eventually she's doing this concert and she takes off her wig, revealing to hundreds of okay, people. Okay, but it was in the concert. I thought you meant like on set. I'm like, but everybody knew. No, 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 no. In the movie. In the movie. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what I mean. Never mind. That's why I was saying it wasn't realistic. I got you. Okay. So moving on from Hannah Montana. Sorry, I spent way longer on that than I wanted. But she goes into her. She's Hannah Montana's over now. She's trying to like get away from that image. So she releases Can't Be Tamed, which is little raunchy, little. She's pushing the edge a little bit, but it's more of like dance pop. Nothing crazy. It gave um, me very Paris Hilton vibes at the time. Okay. Like when, when she first went Miley, 
when she first went out like as Miley Cyrus instead of Hannah Montana with her music releases. Like that's that was who I associated with her at the time. I am shocked you knew who Paris Hilton was at that age. <laughs> I mean, her DJ stuff was terrible, but yeah. I'm seriously shocked that yeah. you knew that. I didn't like it, but I knew it. I mean, good for you, though. Um, we support Paris on the show. Um, so I read something really interesting in 2008. So this is two years before Can't Be Tamed comes out. Donny Osmond, who was a teen idol in the 70s, wrote, Miley will have to face adulthood. As she does, she'll want to change her image, and that will change. And that change will be met with advers- ad- ad- well done. Now who can That talk? change will be met with adversity. What do you guys think of that? I mean, I think it was fairly accurate because when she first really started pushing herself as Miley, what did she do? She completely rebranded who she was. Right. She rebranded herself instead of the que- the, the the sweet, innocent, cute little like, you know, Disney Channel princess mm-hmm. kind of idea. She went the opposite direction to mm-hmm. she's like, I'm going to be a sex icon. I'm going to be, you know, like you said, like her early songs, especially were pushing kind of that more carefree you know, young adult, uh, raunchy lifestyle. Like that was, became the image that she tried to push with the whole, you know, even if you want to look like the whole wrecking ball, uh, you know, music Which video we'll and to. all of that kind of stuff. Like that became her new image. That's who she pushed herself to be. Now it's interesting how she's kind of taming down from that now. Yeah. And we're going to get to but, all of that. Okay. But I, my just bad, meant, my bad. I just meant like, I just, I guess I found it really interesting that in 2008 he says this and he even says it's going to be met with a lot of adversity because mm-hmm. I do remember, mm-hmm. which like I said, when we'll, when we get to it, especially her like bangers era, people like you could not go a week without hearing someone make fun of Miley Cyrus and how she's gone crazy. Like every other childhood yeah. star. Well, I feel like that's the challenge of most Disney mm-hmm. channel stars is like, yeah. how do you get out of that and mm-hmm. still be a person that people perceive? Mm-hmm. Because the problem with being, on Disney Channel for anybody is like you're perceived as this perfect princess that never does any wrong. And she was mm-hmm. like 12 when she started, which yeah, is crazy. And then, and then people find out, oh, they have a life and they have interests. And it's like maybe those interests don't align mm. with the right. values of Disney Channel. Right. Yeah. And that shouldn't be a shock to anybody. That's right. Everybody has their own life and makes their own decisions. And if, you know, we, we accept that from like Adam Levine or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we see Miley Cyrus and we have a stand. We've like made these like standards in our head. They're the golden child. Sure. Yes. And then when they do something that's a deviation from that, you're like, oh, what are they doing? They've gone off their rocker. They've gone mm-hmm. off the deep end. Well, that's part of the, the marketing, right? The outrage yeah. factor, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. any publicity is good publicity, as we've sure. discussed. Taylor. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, just the, the negative context it gets people's attention. Well, I mean, yes. look at the same thing happened with Demi Lovato. Yeah. You know, and to an extent, well, Ariana Grande. And my thing with that, like, I, I think you have your like three different uh, childhood stars of which way they can go. You have like Selena Gomez and uh, Hillary Duff, like super, like they stayed pretty wholesome for the most part. Like they may have done a few things here and there, but like for the most part, people really liked them mm-hmm. even after Disney and like they kept their image pretty clean. They didn't like go off and do a bunch of crazy drugs or anything. You have your like Miley's and Ariana's where they started doing more like adult things and people didn't like it because it was drastic. But it wasn't, they're not like going off the deep end 
ODing or anything. And then you have your Demi's, your Britney's, your Lindsay's, where they are a laughing stock because of they've now been in rehab a ton of times and they have a genuine addiction or problem and no one's talking about it and no one's taking care of it. And that's a whole nother rant that I could go on of how the media treated yeah. Britney, Lindsay, and anyone else. Uh, just women period but especially like childhood stars it's like well yeah of course they're going off the deep end because all you're doing is making fun of fun of them and perez hilton i blame you you're to blame um anyway so but i mean you're right i mean at some point you have to if 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 you were a child star of any kind at some point you either slink back into the shadows of anonymity until you're old enough to completely come out as your own individual person and Mm -hmm. you have confidence and you just push in and you're like all of a sudden this is just who i am and everybody has to accept it or not and they don't Mm -hmm. remember you know it's been long enough that they don't remember for instance like i think about um and i can't think of his name he was in um indiana jones and then he just recently was oh yeah everywhere all at once yes uh you know someone like that right childhood star to an extent and then you know what now he's yeah he's a grown adult he's doing his own thing or you push through some kind of adversity and rebrand yourself publicly yes and yeah like the like the people you just mentioned or like if you want to throw in there justin bieber is yeah. is another character that's very similar um that went through a similar process to an extent from childhood you know wonder boy to you know i mean growing up is hard period mm-hmm. like it's just hard and Coming into yourself and figuring out who you are is hard. And then to do that in front of billions of people, mm-hmm. it's just not like, it's just unfathomable, unfathomable. Oh my goodness. I cannot speak tonight, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. Unfathomable. So, and I follow like a lot of smaller childhood stars or like they haven't done as much. So like I'm literally wearing my Topanga shirt, mm-hmm. Danielle Fischel, like she now does a podcast about Boy Meets World. And it's like that show was so long ago and like all the respect and love to her. But it's one of those things where it's like you either have to, like you said, well, I feel like you either have to like go wild and do something completely different until you eventually kind of grow into your own kind of how Miley has done, or you have to fade into a nominate anonymous, I really cannot speak. <laughs> There's going to be a compilation. Okay. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and you just either just completely go away or you come back and all you're talking about is the glory days. And it's kind of like, oh, mm. that's cute. And like, I like it, but also, well, as, but at the same time, it's, I've seen so many child stars be like, it's terrible because you grow up and you don't have any money because a lot of times child labor laws for anything in the industry, terrible. But they're like, it's so weird for millions of people to know who you are and to like, you're famous, but you're broke. So it's just so many different facets. And and think about it. Like think about what we all went through, you know, going through our late teens and early twenties. You know what I mean? Imagine, (laughs) Like teens, I was I was ten, brother, ten. Um, but imagine that being under the microscope. Yes, and then yeah. all, everything you've done and everything you've said is being scrutinized. Yes, your Facebook posts that you're embarrassed about in your memories. Everyone will always remember. Everyone will know. Yep. You know, um, and so the, it's just the challenge that 
growing up in that lifestyle presents. Yes. For anybody, but especially for people who put themselves under the spotlight early. Yes. And like as big of a spotlight like Hannah Montana and Disney and everything like that. So like going off of that in 2010, so he says this in 2008, it comes through 2010, she releases Can't Be Tamed. It's kind of like, ooh, Miley, like you're doing a bit too much. And then a video releases of her using a bong and it's released by TMZ mm-hmm. and it was like this whole thing. Yeah. People were freaking out and she 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 actually reposted it back in 2020 for like the 10 year anniversary <laughs> um, and was just kind of, it was just kind of making fun of it and being like, thanks to the friend who posted, who like gave this to the media. Um, but to me, that was almost the beginning of the end uh, because then... Uh, well, she she was in some movies. She was in the last song with Liam Hemsworth, Hemsworth mm-hmm. uh, in 2010. And then in 2012 is when she chops off her hair and bleaches it. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I remember that picture being released and everyone being like, she yeah. cut her hair? Which I was also like that because I was a kid and I was like, oh my God, she cut her hair. But looking back, it's a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> It is, but, you know, a lot of her image was built on her hair, even as Hannah Montana, what, the whole wig thing. Yes. Like, her, that was a part of her, like, identity, and so, for her, that was a very public signal and sign. I remember kind of when that happened, too, because I was like, I didn't follow Miley Cyrus, I didn't follow Hannah Montana, but even I was like, well, that's different. Yes. So, I would say to our listeners out there, if you see, you know, kids that are out there trying to put themselves out there, and also going through trying to figure out who they are be be kind to them be kind to them i just remember like because i hadn't since hannah montana i hadn't really like paid attention to anything and then all of a sudden she's like got no hair and she's like humping the floor and you're like what is happening yeah so that was just the the outrage not outrage but like no i'd say outrage i'd say i mean from like her hardcore fans for sure but for most people it's just like confusion of like yeah what? i mean i and i think the way she talks about that era she's like it was it was part of me it's what i wanted but at the same time i think she does kind of recognize like yeah it was pretty wild but here's the reasons why and whether you agree with that or not i don't know it's kind of a weird situation but i think it goes back to the idea of you're literally growing up and trying to figure out yeah. yourself. And something that I want to point out with that is, okay, so in 2013, we get bangers, her, her bangers era, which is she releases the single, we can't stop. Dale has never seen it. So we're going to do a reaction video to it in a separate video. Um, and this video, I was obsessed with it. Why? I, I remember watching it and being like, Oh my goodness, this is so weird and wild. She's crazy. She's so crazy. And then I couldn't stop watching it. I was just like, this is so interesting. Like there's so many colors going on. There's so many like weird things going on. Um, she's like making a fry skull, uh, just crazy things, cutting her fingers off. It was crazy. Um, but this video literally set the, the Vivo record for most views within 24 hours of release and first to reach a hundred million views on the site. So, um, at this point, she's kind of transitioned into hip hop. Uh, so we've had bubblegum pop, dance pop, hip hop. Liam breaks things off in their engagement because she's like gone crazy. So, um, you know, as David was saying, she then does like a performance with like Robin Thicke and there's a foam finger and it's this whole infamous thing with her tongue and foam finger. And it's just like, what is going on? And so I think David, you're right. And late night shows had a field day with that. Yes. It's like. 
and Saturday outrage, Night Live. but also making fun and just kind of confusion of like, what is what, what, why? But 2012 and 2013 were just a weird time in general yeah. for pop culture. Right. So That's I don't know. Fair. So at this point, she is kind of known to be weird, like, oh, she's crazy. In 2015, she releases Miley Cyrus and her dead pets, which is more like hippie, psychedelic, experimental pop. Um, and then in 2016, um, her and Liam get back together. And so in 2017 is where we have this another huge shift. And um, she goes on Jimmy Fallon and she says that she's stopped taking drugs, period, even weed. And she's like, I did a lot of weed. Every time I've been on your show, Jimmy, I have been high as a kite. And um, at this point, she also releases her single Malibu and her album Younger Now, which is more like soft country pop album, kind of just reflecting on her life and reflecting on her eras. And at this point, I think she's saying like, yeah, I was crazy back then. I don't regret it. But yeah, it was a little wild. But also like. Yeah, I mean, I was in front of millions of people. What was I supposed to do? You know, it's okay that as you as you grow up and as you, you know, continue to live your life to look back at things that you've done in the past and, you know, say, yeah, if I was in that same boat now, I wouldn't do that again. Yes. But and, and learn from what you've done and consider things mistakes and be like, hey. I maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I I did. That's part of life. That's part of growing. And if you're a songwriter, use that stuff as inspiration. Yes, yes, and she does. I mean, it's literally called Younger Now. Yeah, like, which is I think is such a cool album title. David, do you since you have seen the We Can't Stop video, like, do you remember the phenomenon that it was? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, I remember just obviously thinking what everyone else probably was thinking, like. Oh no. Like this is her publicity team is having a field day with this. Yeah. Yeah. And she's benefiting off of this, but she's going through something. Yes. And like now, like back then you can't really identify with that unless you've been through that era of life because quick kind of side note here, like life is just a Pandora's box of horrors. Like it's, it's going to get bad. Um, And no matter how, you think like, oh, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't do that. You don't know yes, truly yes. until you were in that situation yes. what will happen. And so yes. when when we have to be careful when we judge others, like, like in that lifestyle around all of that, there's decisions to be made. And a lot of those decisions impact your career. And you're not – and if you don't surround yourself with the right team, the right management – the right publicist, like the, all of that, it's easy to fall into that culture. Yes. But this, I'm sure her team talked her into like, okay, this is going to cause the shift. Like this is the outrage is what she played off of clearly, yes. but that yes. doesn't mean she still wasn't in a very difficult 100%. time. Yeah. I mean, like I said, through 2015, if you look at Miley Cyrus and her dead pets, that whole aesthetic, I mean, it's very like hippie and stuff, but it was weird. Like it was still very weird, but people didn't really, people had kind of gotten used to it by that point. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, it's like, whoa, she's like normal again, whatever that means. So, and then 2018, her and Liam um, rekindle and get, oh no, they rekindled in 2016, but they get married and then 2019, they split. In 2020, the divorce is final. So that happened. And then at this point, she has another 
big shift in 2020. Her seventh album is like a rock album, like a rock album. Yeah, classic I heard hearts. about that. She has a mullet now. She does a cover of Blondie's Heart of Glass. It goes viral, which it was a pretty oh. good cover. I like You've never heard it? I might have to check it out. You should listen to it. It's pretty good. Because I think the reason I found out about that is I believe Demi also did a rock inspired mm-hmm. album release recently. And I heard one of those tracks and I was pleasantly surprised. But Demi, I will say, has always been a heavily more, influenced yeah. by Paramore. Like yeah. her and Selena literally talk about their obsession with Paramore yeah. when they're kids. Right. So it makes sense. Um, and then as of 22, 2022, she's still sober. So in 2020, she did have a relapse with alcohol during the pandemic. But, um, other than that, she's like, uh, yeah, I, I still don't do drugs. Good so for good for her. And then in 2023, uh, this year, we have Endless Summer Vacation, um, which I to me is pretty like dance pop again. But it's just so interesting. You've seen like all these different genres that she's gone through to mm-hmm. like find herself. But I also but every part of it is herself. Like all of those parts come together to make herself and like she still obviously has a lot of plastic hearts era left in her but still probably a little bit of bangers era and a little bit of younger now and now she's at endless summer vacation with the hit single flowers which was all over tiktok uh chart topping for 13 weeks she calls it a love letter to la i have not listened to the album i'm be honest i didn't love flowers so i it's I just don't think it's going to be for me. Mm. Actually, I don't think I've listened to any of these albums in full. So, um, but she, yeah. So have y'all, y'all, I'm assuming y'all haven't listened to it. No. no. Yeah. So there's that. And then one more thing that I just want to mention that I kind of want to get y'all's opinions on. Um, she also announced recently, she's not touring anymore. And actually her last full tour was the bangers era, wow. bangers era in 2014 but um so a lot of people are upset about that mm-hmm. and she's just she's like look i feel more connected with my fans now than ever but i am just like tired of the hustle and bustle of living on the road which yep. i think is sta- understandable mm-hmm. she says that it's isolating and not natural to perform in millions of in front of millions of people um, and she said that's what's best for her for right now. And she may change as she does change things a lot with her career. But for now, this is what she's good. So I don't know. What what do you guys think? Miley, what's good? Do y'all know that reference? No. I'm sorry. Nicki Minaj. Come on. Mm. Okay. I'll what try. do y'all think of that though? <clears throat> so I agree with the touring lifestyle part of it, mm-hmm. um, especially because touring now is so transactional. It's like you, you get up there like what city am I in? Oh, what, where am I going next? Mm-hmm. You're, a lot of times you you have rehearsals. You have, you know, you're just constantly on this grind of a schedule. And by the end of the mm-hmm. tour, you're just like a shell of what yeah. you should be. And it's not. It is not natural to do that. Your body isn't made for that. Mm-hmm. And the quality of your performances obviously is going to diminish at that yeah. point. Um, but I, I think that that that's good. Like I think that. If you want to come off the road and you just want to, you know, get in the studio and and make that be where your outlet is, that's fine. And I'm sure, like, a lot of the reason people tour anyways is financial, right? Like, financial. You make a lot of money on tours. You make a lot of money off merch. Like, and, and, and I don't think she's really worried about that department. 
now. Well, also, yeah. like, as fans, you're not entitled to her touring. Like, you're not. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. But True. Uh, in fact, as fans, you're really not entitled to anything. So Facts. get over it. Yeah. You know, and speaking and, of, this is the announcement for our tour. We're going on tour. No, to a YouTube home near you. <laughs> no. Successfully you. Successfully you. Um, no, but I mean, you're right. I mean, that's the, the big push for tours and the big push for concerts is financial. Um, and, and, you know, I could go into the whole concept of how uh, the income pool for the music industry has switched over time. David, I'm sure you're aware of that. Patrick, you might be as well. But, you know, used to be, used to albums is where you made money on physical sales, physical album sales, CDs, vinyls, cassettes, whatever that looked like. Well, starting with vinyls, start really starting with vinyls became, you know, you could get into studio. If you could cut a song that was really good, if you cut an album that was really good, you could sell it a lot. Right. And you made a lot of money in recording studios and selling physical medium vinyls and then on into the various formats of tape that sold on into CDs. CDs is kind of where it ended, right? Yeah. And cause that was the last real physical medium as that decreased and streaming took up, took, took off, you know, it became all about performing. That's yes. where music is. And that's where I, uh, sorry, that's where the money is in the music industry, which is and why so, concerts are so stupid so expensive. expensive now. If you are, if you are a, if you are an artist, you have to accept, and I don't like this because I like studio work. You have to accept though, that your recordings are merely the tool to get people to your shows. Yep. If, if you are trying to make money yep. as an artist, the recordings are merely a tool to get people to your shows because that's where you're going to actually make money. Your branding makes you money. Yep. Exactly. And it's your just image. part of your browning, branding, not brownies. <laughs> Someone's hungry. I really want some cookies or brownies or Part, something. You said browning. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's summertime. Get your tan Part on. Or you browning, you know? Endless summer yeah. vacation. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, I think that about sums it up. Uh, thank you, Miley. We really appreciate having you on the show today. Thank you, Annabelle. We also appreciate, appreciate you. Speaking of, we actually will have an interview coming up next month. Another interview with Elena, uh, our good friend. Love her. So I'm so excited. We're going to be shooting it tomorrow. She's so, part of the band Hexproof. So go yes, check them out. If you yes. want to find out a little bit about them ahead of time, check yes. them out on social media. So, also, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends, and let us know what you think. And place a, if you need a curse place, I'm your guy. <laughs> I can't wait to do this compilation. It's going to be great. Thanks, guys, for joining us. We'll see you next time. This is Successfully Unsigned. Successfully Unsigned.